welcome to this Pure Voice activity. To access the entire activity, including downloadable slides and transcript, go to www.purevoice.com forward slash SGE. This activity is supported by an educational grant from Gilead Sciences Incorporated. Welcome to this Pure Voice activity on HCV. This activity comprises a series of five streaming episodes featuring Dr. Stefan Soitzem. Welcome. My name is Stefan Soitzem. I'm Chief of Internal Medicine with a particular interest in liver disease at the University Hospital in Frankfurt, Germany. Welcome to this streaming activity on complex cases of comorbidity in patients with chronic hepatitis C virus infection. During five micro episodes, we will review challenges of treating patients with HCV infection and with comorbidities, focusing on four patient-specific cases. There are a number of comorbidities which are highly prevalent in this population. Most important is substance use disorder. There are a number of patients with kidney insufficiency, renal failure, mental illnesses, physical mental health, multimorbidities, COPD, a very frequent comorbidity on mood and anxiety disorders. Interesting also the high prevalence of cancer and multimorbidity having several diseases together with hepatitis C is quite frequent. In patients who are suffering from chronic hepatitis C, you see a number of significant co-medications such as anti-diabetic drugs, DPP-4 inhibitors, cardiac medications such as angiotensin 2 antagonists, calcium antagonists, statins, drugs against ulcers, proton pump inhibitors, and of course, psychiatric medications. This has to be elucidated in great detail in any patients with chronic hepatitis C, you're considering antiviral therapy. If you look at the list of drug-drug interactions for the respective approved direct antiviral regimens, so Prospervir plus Alpatosvir, Kratzoprovir plus Albosvir or Clesaprovir plus Preprentosvir, you will see that a huge proportion of medications are contraindicated with every regimen. There are very specific drug-drug interactions such as amiodarone with sulfosprevue. This can lead to heavy bradycardia. It's very easy actually to find out about these drug-drug interactions. If you have your mobile, the app is available on Apple and Android. Go to have drug interactions of the University of Liverpool and you find a very easy tool at the medications the patient is on, the proposed antiviral regimen for viral hepatitis, and you will see a colored system of red, orange, or green drug-drug interactions guiding you what to do in certain circumstances with core medications. There are specific challenges managing a patient with hepatitis C virus infection and comorbidity the socio-psychological status, issues with linkage to testing, care, and treatment. There are different rates of discontinuation, adherence, risk of reinfections, and considerations for follow-up after antiviral treatment. There is hepatic and extrahepatic disease progression and risk of developing hepatocellular carcinoma. 
HCV mediated hepatotoxicity may lead to a delay of chemotherapy. And there is also the issue of impaired renal graft function, impaired renal function, and patient survival. Follow me now to the next episode. Here we have a patient who is the drug user, chronically infected with hepatitis C. He was cured once. He got reinfected and he started on Harry when he was just 23 years old. There was a lot of needle sharing. Keep in mind that all interferon-based therapies in the past, which is no longer required for this patient population, led to depression, psychiatric symptoms, and quite frequently to a dose increase of heroin and other drug consumption. However, no patient with hepatitis C still requires interferon-based therapy. Additional workup of this patient showed Luckily, no co-infection with hepatitis B or HIV. Fibroscan, he was not yet cirrhotic, just an F2 fibrosis. Very unlikely to find a cancer in somebody who has F2 fibrosis, but still worthwhile to perform an ultrasound. Indeed, hepatocellular carcinoma was excluded. Now, what are the drug-drug interaction considerations? There's, of course, the use of recreational drugs, drugs of abuse, and the opioid substitution therapy, which a patient may be on. Many drug-abusing patients are also on drugs which have effects on the central nervous system, antipsychotic drugs, antidepressants, and many other psychiatric medications as well. You have to think of compliance of antiviral therapy, the longer the antiviral therapy lasts, the lower compliance becomes. So there is an argument for the shortest possible treatment available. If you look at the cure rates of patients who never injected drugs and you compare it with patients who are on OAT or without OAT, you see high SVR rates in all three Clearly, those patients who never inject a drug have the highest chance of becoming cured from hepatitis C, while those with OET had the lowest chance of achieving a biologic cure. Still, this rate was in the range of 90%. Relapse, very infrequent. Discontinuation rate due to adverse events and lost to follow-up. More frequent in pivot with OAT how to treat these patients. You should be checking potential drug-drug interactions. You should probably go for the shortest possible treatment. However, the shortest possible treatment is Bepentosvir and Ketsaprovir, which requires three pills every day with a meal, while treatment with Sofosbuvir and Belpatosvir only requires one pill independent of food. However, the treatment duration is 12 weeks. You have to judge what is the most appropriate treatment for an individual patient. In general, we would prefer to follow up patients who are treated for hepatitis C. Patients who are cirrhotic should remain in a surveillance program for HCC. In this particular patient population, the most essential part is to treat them for hepatitis C, to cure them, even though you may not be able to follow up, which is probably not so essential as the cure rate is in the range 
of 95% plus. Please follow me to the next episode. Let's move to our second patient. This is a patient with a metabolic syndrome and chronic hepatitis C infection. This is quite a typical patient. He's infected with genotype 1 and he is overweight. He has arterial hypertension, hypercholesterolemia, moderately controlled diabetes, high uric acid levels, and atrial fibrillation. This leads to a number of co-medications possible. Hypertension, many patients are on two to three drugs. Hyperlipidemia, most patients are on a statin. Diabetic patients, most likely are metformin, citagliptine, or the new SGLT2 inhibitors. Patients with high uric acid levels may be on allopurinol, and patients with atrial fibrillation are certainly on an oral anticoagulant. Many patients to control atrial fibrillation are also on a cardiac selective beta blocker or on amiodarone. Typical workup is, of course, ECG, uh, echocardiogram, renal function, and stage of liver disease in terms of steatosis and fibrosis. Patients may be on many drugs, as I just mentioned. Go to the Liverpool app and look at the respective drug tracker interactions for antiplatelet, anticoagulants, lipid lowering compounds cardiovascular drugs, whatever, and you will have an easy answer. The good news is that the majority of antihypertensive and anti-diabetic drug will show a green signal without any concerns of drug-drug interactions. I'd like to remind you, amiodarone in patients with atrial fibrillation are a clear contraindications for the use of sofosbuvir. Keep in mind that the half-life of amiodarone is extremely long. You have to wait up to a year to have all amiodarone out of the body to avoid any side effects. And therefore, it's probably worthwhile to switch to a different DAA regimen, not containing sofosbuvir. For all patients where you can achieve a sustained biologic response, this is associated with a decline of cardiovascular disease a clear indication for therapy. What are the risks of eradicating hepatitis C? First of all, patients tend to gain weight because they feel happier, they feel less concerned about their liver, they may start to drink alcohol. This is certainly not what is recommended in a patient with a comorbidity of metabolic syndrome. You have to continue your cardiovascular checkups and you have to be aware of a very specific reaction after achieving SBR. Eradication of hepatitis C leads to an increase of LDL cholesterol. And therefore, in some patients, the dose of statins needs to be adapted according to the standard cardiology guidelines. On the other hand, there is data showing that patients who eradicate the hepatitis C virus have an improvement of their diabetes. You may be able to reduce the diabetes medication or to reduce the insulin doses. All these parameters need to be checked carefully. Please follow me to the next episode. Let's move to the next patient who has a splenic marginal cell lymphoma associated with HCV infection. 55-year-old man, 
has a 30-year history of chronic hepatitis C, infected with genotype 2. He was just recently diagnosed of this lymphoma. His HCV infection, unfortunately, has never been treated because there has been no evidence of progressive hepatic fibrosis or portal hypertension. But this is not the only aim. Probably early treatment of these patients would have prevented lymphoma. The question is, if you now eradicate the hepatitis C virus, would that have an effect on this specific lymphoma type? Indeed, this is the case. Treatment of this specific lymphoma just by eradication of the hepatitis C virus can lead to regression and even cure. There are some ideas on the pathophysiology, how hepatitis C can lead via mutagenesis, genetic changes, and B-cell activation to malignant non-Hodgkin lymphoma. However, you must look very carefully which lymphoma the patient is suffering from. The only specific subsets which are linked so significantly with hepatitis C infection that eradication of the virus can lead to cure of the underlying malignant disease. Very similar to the shrinking and cure of early stages of mucosa-associated lymphomas in the stomach when patients are infected with Helicobacter pylori. These patients have numerous benefits. They have the benefit that it's preventing the classical hepatic complications such as liver cirrhosis and end-stage liver disease. You have a prevention of the development of HCC and you improve the long-term survival. Also, you have the benefit of treating and preventing extrahepatic manifestation if these patients do not completely respond to the antiviral therapy. It is certainly of major benefit for subsequent cancer chemotherapies that hepatitis C is eradicated and liver function improved. I think a judgment has to be made when to cure the hepatitis C virus without delaying chemotherapy, but also considering that eradication of the virus, improvement of liver function can enable patients for more stringent chemo and immunotherapies. We also know that viral eradication reduces the risk for all cancers. There have been very large data from the Veteran Administration showing that not only liver-related cancers, but all cancers are occurring less frequently in patients who have eradicated the hepatitis C virus and in patients which never were infected with hepatitis C compared to those who are still infected with HCV. The concurrent treatment of the viral disease with chemotherapy improves overall survival. The hepatitis C virus is impairing the overall survival of patients with the comorbidity of cancer. You have to consider whether there is still enough time to eradicate the virus before starting chemotherapy or start chemotherapy first and find an interval in between. There may be uh, chemotherapies which have a concomitant hepatitis C treatment. You have to identify those specific lymphomas which can actually be cured purely 
by eradication of the hepatitis C virus. If you eradicate the virus, the patient needs to have standard surveillance thereafter for HCC, but also, and most importantly, for the underlying cancer. Please follow me to the last episode. Here we deal with a 60-year-old man with end-stage renal disease who is infected with genotype 3 and undergoing hemodialysis. The most recent HCV treatment, which was interferon-based, was completed three months prior to screening and failed. The patient has typical comorbidities of dialysis, such as hypertension, diabetes, and is taking the respective core medications. What are the interactions between HCV infection and kidney complications? There is the association of glomerular immune complex disease and more rapid progression to end-stage renal disease. In patients with end-stage renal disease, HCV infection is associated with increased mortality, increased risk being hospitalized, and the decrease in quality of life. In patients who are already renally transplanted, HCV infection is associated with lower allocraft and a reduced overall survival. Numerous studies have shown that the hepatitis C infection in patients with end-stage renal disease can be very effectively eliminated. The combination of a protease inhibitor with an NS5 A inhibitor is considered to be safe in patients with end-stage renal disease and is achieving sustained biologic response rates in more than 95% of patients. HCV decreases the incidence of end-stage renal disease associated type 2 diabetes. If you have patients with diabetes and renal insufficiency, try to treat hepatitis C as early as possible because it's not only affecting the patient's liver disease, but also the incidence and complications type 2 diabetes. In terms of follow-up, there are no specific considerations. If somebody is on hemodialysis, eradication of the hepatitis C virus is not going to cure the kidney. So probably kidney transplantation should be performed. The complication rate of kidney transplantation in HCV eradicated patients is clearly lower than if you transplant into a patient who is still infected with a replicative chronic hepatitis C virus infection. With these episodes, I think I convinced you that every single patient who is infected with hepatitis C virus is a candidate for therapy. Comorbidities may make the situation a little bit more complex, but there is no single comorbidity I can think of where there is not a solution how to treat these patients for hepatitis C. The majority of these patients will have major benefits, not only by improving liver function and the risk of liver-related complications, also with respect to the underlying comorbidities. In many patients, it is a kind of double indication, both for the comorbidity and the hepatitis C virus infection. Please identify hepatitis C infection in 
every single patient should take care of if infection is detected, give this patient the appropriate link to therapy and cure this patient from the devastating viral disease. Many thanks for listening. This has been an activity published by Pure Voice.